Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the Gospel of the Day. I am James Thomas. Today is Monday, October the 23rd, 2023. It is the 29th Monday of Ordinary Time. It's also the Feast of St. John of Capistrano. And today's reading is from the Gospel according to St. Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. He replied to him, Friend, who appointed me as your judge and arbitrator? Then he said to the crowd, Take care to guard against all greed. For though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. Then he told them a parable. There was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, What shall I do? For I do not have space to store my harvest. And he said, This is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns and build larger ones. There I shall store all my grain and other goods. And I shall say to myself, Now as for you, you have so many good things stored up for many years. Rest, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this night your life will be demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Thus will it be for the one who stores up treasure for himself, but is not rich in what matters to God. So initially when I heard this reading, I mean all these readings I heard as a child, but initially I thought to myself, is Jesus saying you're not allowed to have savings? My parents always told me it's good to save your money. Not that I've done a good job at that, (laughs) but yeah, save for a rainy day, save for your retirement, save for your children, Uh, but Jesus does clarify it. He does say at the end of this, Thus will it be for one who stores up treasure for himself, but is not rich in what matters to God. I think the person that says it best is Francis de Sales, St. Francis de Sales, who talks about how each of us has a particular vocation, and therefore we need to do things according to that vocation, uh, such as he does mention as one of the vocations a, uh, I believe he says, a husband and a father who is increasing his income so as to better support his family. So there you go. That's the writing of a saint and a doctor of a church saying, hey, there's no problem in increasing your income so that your family will have what it needs. Maybe a good college education you're storing up for. But in addition to that, home and maybe some land, etc. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, I mean, think about all the people out there that are good Christian people that are farmers and they, they own land for different reason, different reasons. And even the church, you know, um, people criticize the church, but as the church has purchased, I think of my own diocese back in the forties and fifties when there were a lot fewer people living here and the church was just buying up land all over the place. Well, what did they do? They built churches. They built church halls because you got to have bingo. Just kidding. Although not kidding entirely. Um, building schools, building a hospital in the diocese, things like that. Over time, realizing, yeah, we can use these things to build up the community, to build up the people of God, to show charity, etc. 
so yes, our Lord says it himself. The problem is not being rich in the things that pertain to God. How many people today, how many people, oh my goodness, are, as I sometimes look at different sources of employment for myself, and sometimes the advice I get from people is, you know, who cares about doing good and who cares what makes you happy and who cares about fulfillment? Just make the most money. And these people are depressed people. These people are not necessarily emotionally healthy. This is a problem when all you do is worry about your money and you're not worrying about what's going to lead to fulfillment, what's going to lead to a life that brings me closer to God and maybe even helps other people to grow closer to God. So I was thinking, what is it exactly that leads people to um, have to be rich in the things that pertain to God. Because, you know, I think to myself, too, I have a lot of religious friends. Some of us are kind of weird. I don't say that this is necessarily weird, but we kind of laugh about it sometimes. When people have that initial conversion and they start buying up uh, religious books, I've done that myself, buying up religious medals, religious holy cards, religious crosses and statues. And you walk into some people's homes and it looks like a mausoleum (laughs) because it's just loaded with marble. There's statues and there's little kneelers and there's pictures and there's just all kinds of religious stuff. Well, once again, discernment is needed. Vocation is even a concern in this. I mean, if a priest is buying up religious things to fill his church with, okay, good. Or maybe someone is running some kind of a home church. They're having prayer groups, whatever, you know, nothing wrong in buying religious things, but sometimes that can even be a greedy thing or an addictive thing. Um, So I think to myself, even though, yes, it's good. I always talk about it's good to have sacramentals around. It's good to fill up your home with them even. You know what I mean? Have pictures, have medals, have holy water, whatever you can that, that reminds you of Jesus, that helps you to pray, that maybe um, can be a deterrent to evil, that can be a source of grace and blessing. That's all well and good. But the most important thing that we need to, if we're going to get greedy, let's just say, if you want to store up treasure for yourself, Obviously, there's the things we always talk about, storing up prayers, storing up good works, hopefully that you're not bragging about, storing up uh, acts of fasting and sacrifice. Not that we're uh, morbid and, and trying to torture ourselves, but to make acts of sacrifice, they magnify our prayers, they can be offered for people and things, situations where there is a need of God's grace. You know, we're doing some fasting, maybe for peace, or maybe someone has cancer that we're praying for, etc. These are all good things. But one more thing, and this is really the main point I wanted to get to, is storing up the virtues. By the time we die, this is what Catholics believe, and this goes hand in hand with the belief in purgatory, although I'm not talking about purgatory today, but we believe you have to be perfect to get into heaven. There needs to be a purification before we get through the pearly gates. And another way to say that is we have to be proficient in all the virtues. Because if we approach the throne of heaven, the throne of Almighty God, and we are still selfish, well, God can't allow that into heaven, that selfishness. It has to be purified. If we're still prideful, gluttonous, lustful, vindictive, etc., 
we cannot get into heaven. So our whole lives should be an exercise in the virtues, striving to become more and more virtuous every single day so that we're ready for heaven, so that we're, you know, we've practiced enough and we're ready for the game. This isn't just any game, though. This is the ultimate Super Bowl or World Series game. This is the ultimate. We have to be proficient in all the virtues. I came up with a list this morning. This is from, it's funny that it's hard to find a good list of virtues. Uh, I can tell you, you know, what are the theological virtues? The, the, the main three virtues we talk about all the time that are really a source of all others are faith, hope, and charity. Faith, hope, and love is another way to say it. And we could break them down. It's amazing how many virtues come from the virtue of hope. Faith means I believe. Hope means I put my beliefs into practice. Hope overcomes sadness and anxiety. A lot, there's a lot of virtues under hope, such as trust, such as good humor. When people can't laugh, especially they can't laugh at themselves, that means they're lacking hope. We can help others with their hope, but also we need to work on that through our prayer life, through our own efforts. And that's one thing about virtue. It's not like the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Although they sound very similar, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are just that, they're gifts, and we can call upon them in prayer. It's very important for us to be in the state of grace, free from mortal sin, whereas virtues are something that we work at with God's help. We ask the Lord to help increase our virtues, but we actually have to do the work when it comes to virtue. So there's also the cardinal virtues, and all the other virtues fall under them as well. Prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. As they say in Philadelphia, fortitude. Fortitude meaning courage, but it's really much bigger than that. Temperance, so that would go against addictive behaviors, which we are loaded with, especially in this day and age. Prudence and justice, well, so much can be said. Justice has to do with, you know, what belongs to God, what belongs to Caesar, what belongs to us and you and me. You know, like I, we, we preached about this the past couple of days. The Gospels were about this the past couple of days. Justice. What goes around comes around, my grandmother used to say. I'm giving very simplistic <laughs> uh, definitions here of justice. But yes, God is very, very just, yet his mercy is greater than his justice. We say that all the time. In justice, we get what we deserve. And it's important that justice exists or the world would go into complete chaos. Yet God, although he holds us to justice, mercy is even greater. So there's justice and and you know, works of mercy very often fall under justice. As children of God, people deserve our charity and our kindness, and we need to be very attentive to the poor and to the sick and to the needy in so many ways. Uh, and then there's also prudence. Once again, I don't have any ready definitions of these, but prudence I often think of, you know, very often people think we're supposed to just be like the angels. People think we become angels. People think we're supposed to be doormats, and yet in both prudence and justice, we say, no, I'm not a doormat. I'm allowed to have healthy boundaries. Jesus had healthy boundaries. He didn't just get himself crucified for 33 years. It happened at the end. It was part of the mission. It was the main part of the mission. But still, Jesus had healthy boundaries. He had good relationships. Prudence is, you know, it leads us to have good common sense and interaction with people. When we are evangelizing, we don't just beat people over the head with scripture, but we use prudence. That means listening 
That means trying to make good judgments. That's another way to say that, good judgment. I have a list here from a book by Donald DeMarco. This is a book I used in school, The Heart of Virtue. It's a great little book about all the virtues and little stories that go with them. Another great book, I'm looking to the side here in my own library, uh, Saintly Solutions to... um, to today's issues, to today's problems. I can't seem to find the book. I'm sitting among all my books here. But anyway, I'm going to just read the list of from Donald DeMarco, his book, The Heart of Virtue. And he's got a little story and a little explanation for each virtue. He says these are the virtues. Care, chastity, compassion, courage, courtesy, determination, faith, fidelity, generosity, graciousness, gratitude, holiness, hope, humility, integrity, justice, loyalty, meekness, mercy, mirthfulness, modesty, patience, piety, prudence, reverence, sincerity, temperance, and wisdom. There's so much we can say about all those. And you know, there's there's always going to be plenty to talk about in the Christian life, as long as we're aiming for these virtues, because they're all a challenge. And yet we are called to all of them. It's not like you can say, well, I'm just going to live these five or these three. We need to discover, it's always good to know what you're good at, but we also need to discover what am I bad at? What are my worst ones? What are my greatest sins so that I can work on these virtues? These virtues go against the vices, aka capital sins. Uh, But these get even more specific. They're more uh, particular under maybe some of the larger ones. I was just noticing just uh, so many things there, like mirthfulness. It's important for us to be joyful. Uh, Modesty and chastity, they're two separate virtues. What do you know? A lot of people in the Christian world these days will talk about chastity being very important. Not saying people are perfect at it, but at least it's acknowledged. But they don't acknowledge modesty. It's a separate virtue. And we are also called to modesty. One that I don't think was mentioned on the list there is friendship. And I love to talk about that. It's not the same thing as charity. Charity is something we owe to everybody. Friendship is something we owe to particular people. Family and friends, people God has put in our lives to be closer to us. Yet even there, those relationships need to be tested. Friendship is a back and forth. It's a faithfulness to a a commitment to a person. And it's not just about spousal love. There's a lot of people in our lives that even if they're only there for a season, they're put there for us to be friends with. Anyway, these are the things that God is telling us to be rich in. We know what they are. We know what our assignment is. And this is what we need to get into heaven. Of course, we turn to the saints. All the saints have particular virtues where they really shown, they shined. I forget what is the exact way to say that word. And Our Lady was the master of all virtues, of course, our Lord as well. Uh, So we can always turn to our Lord and Our Lady and say, how did they exercise this virtue or that virtue? Because in that, they're a great example for me and for you. So let us pray for each other on our journey. Let us continue to store up those riches for heaven. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless you.